and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. And today I had the pleasure of speaking with Brienne Ward. And Brienne is the founder of a company called Forward Consulting. And she is a licensed mental health counselor. And we had a very meaningful conversation that I think you're really going to appreciate. So we started off by talking about how Brienne was diagnosed with a condition where she doesn't absorb iron very well. So discovering that later in life and then thinking about the genetics and her family history around that was very interesting. And then we started talking about how Brienne takes care of herself and how she has learned that she has to prioritize her own self-care and how she does that. So definitely take note because this is really important. So many of us are out there getting things done and being successful and building businesses and helping people, but we have to care for ourselves. It's so, so important. We talk about generational trauma. We talk about distinguishing between your voice and the other voices that are in your head from, you know, your parents, your your family, your teachers, whatever other influences in your life. So lots of good juicy stuff and really good tangible tips that you can do to uh, move through life with more consciousness and awareness and therefore feel more empowered. Hello, Brienne. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today with me. Thank you, Jill, for having me. Yeah, sure. And so I wanted to, there are lots of interesting things that I would love to talk to you about. And, but I wanted mm-hmm. to start off today hearing about, uh, you told me that you have a history of iron deficiency anemia, and that has mm-hmm. brought about some lessons in your life. So let's start off talking about that. Absolutely. So Jill, I was taking my annual physical and usually I go in five minutes, clean bill of health. Well, my doctor said, do you have COVID? And I said, no. And the nurse said, okay, I need you to come back and take labs. Your blood work looks horrific. And I said, okay. So I went in and did another round of blood tests. And what it found was that my ferritin was like at negative something, right? And so they're like, are you okay? Like, are you fine? And I'm like, sure. Just a little tired, but I'm okay. So I started IV infusions um, of ferritin, and uh, that was actually December 2021. Um, Okay. My doctors have, yeah, what my doctors have really found out now is that I have a terrible uh, malabsorption to iron. Okay. And so um, I'll be doing fine one minute, and then there's this huge dip, and then they'll put me back up. And so it's basically I'm on like a slow roller coaster. (laughs) <laughs> I just don't know when I'm going up or down. <laughs> wow. Now, can you can you just tell people what ferritin is? Because some people may not know what that is. So ferritin is just like the iron. That That's the thing that produces the iron, if I'm saying that right. And usually when I get high level of um, ferritin in my blood, that helps absorb iron um, within like foods and nutrients and things of that nature. Once that ferritin starts to deplete, so does my iron. Right, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, ferritin is not something that a lot of people would routinely have tested. But for right. whatever reason, you know, the doctor thought to do that. And I just want to put out there that that I believe that women should be getting their ferritin tested. Well, men too. That's a whole other thing because men 
have a predisposition to have too much iron stored sometimes. But for mm. women, we can have anemia. It's relatively common if we're menstruating because, you know, we lose blood every month. But also Absolutely. I've had clients who were postmenopausal who had mm. iron deficiency or iron insufficiency. And this woman, it wasn't detected, but she was tired all the time and her hair was falling out. Yeah. She was 67 years old. And I said to her, I said, can you ask your doctor for your ferritin? And they can do an iron panel, which is like more extensive, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they found out that she was deficient in iron and it was like, well, why? We don't know why, but but this is the case. So, you know, it's an important yeah. lab to do. And I, I thank you for bringing it up. I'm sure this was a huge shock for you because is this a genetic thing or have you had this your whole life and you didn't know? Or Actually, it is. It is a genetic thing. And so, you know, when you're young, I used to watch my great grandmother get B12 shots by my grandmother, mm-hmm. her daughter. And I just thought it was an old woman thing. You know, old women get this. You know, that's what you do when you get old. Well, I'm 30, 38 years old, and I think I'm at the prime of my life. And so, you know, thinking like, oh, that's what that was. And then I learned after I, you know, exposed it, then my dad said this, oh, yeah, I got low blood, too. And I'm like, well, what? <laughs> so you you don't know what you you don't know until you have yeah. to know. And so it actually has created some really good conversations for my family. Yeah. 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 So now what, how do you manage this? Cause you, you know, do you have to test regularly or what do you do? Yes. So this is usually how it goes. So I get iron infusions weekly wow. for six okay. weeks. Then within the, the month I get a B12 shot. Then I go and see my doctor. They check my blood again, and then they let me go. Then I come back maybe 30, 60 days later just to check again. And then if, if I dip too low, then we have to go ahead and, and do the infusions again. And when I say dip low, my numbers range between 18 and 24. Wow. That's yeah. low. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So when you're, at, when you're in a good state, you're at about 24. That's like uh, you're doing well, or is that when it gets to 24, they're like, oh, we have to. Well, that <laughs> <laughs> that's usually so. So when they think like, well, you're in trouble, that's 18 to 24. Okay. And so when I get about at, in the 20s, they're like, OK, you need to get back up to like 50, 60. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, nothing. I think. That's amazing. Oh, and I just want to mention also for people that are listening, I'm not, I don't know all the labs by heart, but I believe uh, the ferritin range is probably, it's pretty low, I think, at the bottom end, maybe, it depends on the lab, but like 20 to 150 or something like that. But we do know that Mm -hmm. we do, like exactly what you said, Brianne, that, you know, you want to be in the 50s or 60s, not in the 20s. And then also, if it's high, if it's, you know, 200, 300, sometimes that comes, that can indicate some other potential issues. So since we're talking about it, I figure I'll, I'll just throw those lab ranges out there for anybody who's, you know, interested in checking your ferritin. So now did you, once you started getting the, the iron infusions and getting your level up to a good place, do you feel different? I do. My self-starting ability has increased uh, immensely. Um, and I even notice it like when I'm working out, like usually I'd be like, Ooh, now it's like, okay, ooh, but you can keep going. Come on, get that last rep in. So my, my self-starting ability, my self-motivation, it has increased a ton. Wow. And I really want to highlight that because 
in my world, we work with women to help them lose weight in a healthy, sustainable way. That is, that is what we do. And it's what what I call joyous weight loss, which is, I know sounds like an, uh, Mm. you know, an oxymoron and people don't believe that that's possible, but it is. And one of the things that happens is that sometimes people have a nutritional deficiency, whether they're not eating enough protein or they're, they're, you know, Absolutely. they don't have enough iron or B12 or whatever it is. And then that affects your mood. It affects your motivation. And then you sit there and you blame yourself like, oh, why can't I, why can't I stay motivated? Why can't I work out longer? Well, it may be something very foundational, like your nutritional status. So mm-hmm. I really want to point that mm-hmm. out. Instead of making ourselves wrong for not feeling motivated, we can find maybe there are these underlying causes. Absolutely. And, you know, and I and I am grateful for my doctor and her team, because one of the things that I have noticed is that me being a black woman um, at times, I really have to advocate hard for myself in medical environments. Yeah. And I have found a, clin- uh, a clinician, Dr. Sarah Tolman, the Iowa Clinic. She has been phenomenal to me. Um, anytime I say, you know, I feel off or I think, you know, I need to get this check. She's like, well, I don't think you need to, but I will make a referral. And so she always hears me and I'm grateful for yeah. that. And that's something we've talked about a lot on this podcast is is medical gaslighting or, you know, systemic oh my goodness. Yeah, systemic racism and sexism that's built into our uh, medical system and how we mm-hmm. have to advocate for ourselves. It's hard. You know, it's it sucks that we have to do that. But, you yeah. know, and when you find a doctor who actually listens to you, that's golden. That's wonderful. It is. Now, you said that you learned some lessons. Was there something else that you wanted to share about that? Like besides the fact of exploring your family history, I think is an important. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. It should be like a given. But some other things that I've learned also is that I have to choose or I have to navigate my stop button or my reset button. Um, I can't let conditions or, you know, other things that are happening in my environment to stop me, which is laying on your back because you are tired because you're not taking good care of your body. And so I have now learned that six o'clock is my deadline from six to eight. I can't do anything that's work related or that requires a lot of brain energy. I'm looking for mindless type of things I can do. So I'm coloring, I'm watching something funny I'm hanging out with my family, maybe playing Sonic the Hedgehog with my son. But I have to understand that this environment can't tell me when to stop. I tell my environment when to stop. Okay. So so from 6 to 8 p.m., you've learned that that's got to yeah. be, you know, brand time. That's got to be time for you. And that's you determine right. what that is. How did you learn? That? Like, tell me more about this. It's very interesting. So not only the, the low iron deficiency anemia, but prior to that, I had COVID and it was a weird type of COVID um, and everybody experiences that, that illness differently. But once I uh, got back to wellness, I just realized that I was just, I was tired. My, I, I wasn't thinking straight at certain types and I'm trying to push myself. And I said, stop, stop. And so, you know, with the compounding things of, you know, of the anemia and the COVID and just my busy lifestyle, I'm a CEO of a group mental health practice. And so that requires you to have to recharge and stop because you are like absorbing so many other people's energy, you know, and it's just like, okay, you're not absorbing iron well. 
could this be a reason why? You know what I mean? Like we have to think about all of the reasons that contribute to our subjective lives. And so for me, that is what caused me to, to say six to eight, shut down, recharge, recalibrate. Yeah. I appreciate that so much. So what do you do after eight? Do you do you then go wash the dishes or you like go to sleep or because <laughs> I I am winding down. So lights are like lights are going off. I'm getting in my pajamas. We have recently bought a bed, you know, that has a vibrate and the lift and the, you know, so I'm in the bed utilizing that. I'm Netflixing or, you know, something, but I'm just calming it all the way down. Yeah. And do you notice a difference in your work life now that you're committed to that self-care? Absolutely. Spirituality is huge for me as well. And so what I was realizing is that all of the things that I thought I had to do and be in control of and have power over, um, I was really starting to get in my higher power's way. Now, my higher power, I call God and Jesus Christ. So I was getting in his way. And I'm like, wait, that's not even my job. So I realized that I had to balance out this mind, body, spirit so that it felt like I was at an equilibrium, you know, and not on a roller coaster per se. Yeah. So you said that you were blocking the higher power. Is that, did I hear that correctly? I have a, I have a weird philosophy. Now just hear me out, everyone. So if I believe in a higher power, I have to understand that higher power can see things, is in control of things, pulling strings in the background, like this carrying things that I don't have to, orchestrating things that I don't have to. And so when I realized that I was like trying to sit in the seat, you know, I'm in control and I have everything together. Uh, get out of this seat. You go sit in yours. And so I realized I was taking on things that I don't have to. And so also sometimes in that six to eight hour, I'm praying, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm grateful that I have this, but Lord, the heavy stuff, here's yours Mm -hmm. and I'm back. Yeah. (laughs) So I just kind of like drop it off and then I just go to mindless behavior until I'm ready to kind of wind the whole day down. So that helps me a lot because I see probably, Jill, on a normal basis, eight to 10 clients Mm -hmm. a day. And when I say clients, those who I serve, who are experienced moderate to severe mm-hmm. trauma. So I'm taking on a lot. <laughs> and so I said, okay, as I'm trying to fix and, you know, all this stuff, I realized I was creating dependency, you know, and I'm like, no, that's not even the way that's supposed to be. So that's why I feel as if I need to allow higher power to take over as I do what he's commissioned and giving me the capacity mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, it's such an important thing about in life. I always talk about, you know, things you can control, things you cannot control. And we know that like the 12 step program, various 12 step programs talk about this. So Mm -hmm. this is, Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, you know, whatever that higher power is for each individual, right? For some people, they identify as this, my higher power is God. Maybe it's the universe. Maybe it's my higher self, Absolutely. You know, whatever it is, it, that concept is very, it feels like relief. Oof. Yes, absolutely it is. And I, and I find myself, Jill, like when I get like um, clogged in my brain and I feel overwhelmed in my thoughts, I just have to like kind of step out. Like I have to call my name, like Brianne Denise Ward, that caused me to stop thinking and to go into prayer. Like, you're carrying stuff and trying to, and you're confused about things. Give it to the guy. Give it to God. Okay. Ooh. 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I, I think this is so, so important. I, I practice similarly and it's so, such a wonderful tool. I, I mean, I, I feel mm-hmm. like in a way minim- minimizing it by calling it a tool, but <laughs> is a practice. No, you're making it simplistic for listeners. Yeah. 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 It is. I mean, if you could just look at any given situation and say, this is the part that I can control, which is usually our actions, our thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, this part here is just out of my control. And I'm going to trust in that higher power to bring me along in the way that was that I was meant to be brought along. And so this, Mm -hmm. this person comes into my life, or that event happens to me. And then, you know, it's so so easy to feel like a victim. Why did that happen to me? Well, there's certain things that are outside of our control, so we can we can Absolutely. feel sad about them. I'm sure as a mental health counselor, you you know, you encourage people to feel we have to feel our emotions and also That's right. understand like this is my realm of control over here. And it, it just feels like such a yeah. relief to not have to Absolutely. have the weight of the world on your shoulders. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also too, Jill, not only, you know, do we have to explore our higher power, but also when I say the word trauma, is anything that happens to you or around you that you didn't ask for and you're just kind of left by yourself to figure this thing out, right? So that's why, you know, a lot of things happen for us to kind of cope with, you know, when when hell breaks loose that we didn't encourage at times. And so Another tool that I I try to help women um, and and clients who come into my office that I serve men and women to figure out what's yours and what's not yours, you know. And we and I call it emotional laundry sorting. So we're sorting laundry all the time, you know. Is is it this idea of okay, you took on your mommy's burdens or you took on people pleasing because of your father or you know was there something going on with your sibling rivalry that was that just took it too far? And so we do emotional sorting to kind of say okay, so what is yours? And what can you give back to those who just dumped on you? And that's also a freeing and releasing technique as well. Mm, I love that. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, and we, and I had asked you about a little bit uh, before we started recording that something that I know is you're very passionate about talking and educating about is race-based trauma. I, I, those are the words that I got Absolutely. from your uh, presentation. So can you talk about that? Because I think it's, this idea of what's yours and what's not yours, if there's been yeah. you know, generations and generations of trauma in your history, that is something that we can, we in, inherit, I guess, in a way. But please tell me more because I'm definitely not an expert in this. And I, but I think it's important to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely, Joe. And, and I'm so grateful that you are giving me space to do so because That's usually the makeup of all of our families. Now, depending on what culture you're from, you will have a lineage of things um, that's been passed down to you. So me being an African-American woman, I have to be very aware of what epigenetics look like for my family. Now, when I say epigenetics, you can YouTube it, you can go to Google. There's so many funny little cartoons about it, but it's almost as if when your family began, there was something that was injected into your DNA. Uh-huh. And it usually happens with, with conception. And so due to my background having to do with African descent, my epigenetics started with um, slavery. And so my family line comes from Mississippi. They migrated to Illinois. They get to uh, Missouri. And, you know, some of us came here to Iowa. 
And so if you notice within that track, I was aware that there was no mental health intervention that took place. There was no physical health intervention that took place. And so with that being said, certain internal messages have been through my lineage. And so um, I have to be very aware what those are. And so hard work, not able to identify with your emotions because you'll be weak and you won't have enough strength to get your work done, to provide for your family so that the mainstream culture won't impede into your life. And so when I started to figure these things out now, 21 is when I was introduced to race-based trauma Mm -hmm. through a violence perspective. Um, I was a sexual assault advocate. My supervisor at the time, Dr. Sandra L. McGee, a Black woman, said to me, hey, why don't you go do this training? I said, cool, no problem. (laughs) And it was about African-American women, right? I'm like, yeah, I know about it. I'm Black. So I didn't have a I didn't have a PowerPoint, Jill. And so I I relied on my colleague, Luana Nelson Brown. She said, Yeah, just present this. And I'm like, great. Well, let me get familiar with it. Slide after slide after slide, Jill. It was mind blowing the amount of trauma that black women had to go through just to survive in this place called America. And so at the time, I did a lot of radical things. I cut my hair off. I stopped using relaxers. I took off my makeup. I'm doing all these natural remedies for my body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I took my fake nails off because I wanted to see who I was as a Black woman. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I found out who I was, and I put my wig back on, and I went and got my nails back done. Um, (laughs) But I think it was was so, it was a grief period that I went through, Mm -hmm. right? Not just the five stages of grief, but the seven stages of grief, which is having hope and accepting it and then trying to reconstruct what I know so that it's more positive and I have more positive outcomes with it. And so it has been a privilege for me to be able to have this and make myself accessible to people so that they can learn about this. Mm. Microaggressive behavior, stereotype threat, like all of that has been ingrained in our culture and we have to be aware of when it's happening so that we can regulate our bodies and reaffirm that we are great in our skin and in our color um, and in our heritage. Yeah. 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 And one thing that I've learned a bit about lately in the past six months is how trauma affects the physical body. And and that's also something that people are not as aware of. So if you're facing, Mm -hmm. you know, epigenetic which is basically where your environment affects your DNA, right? Like That's the right. experiences you live through, the the food that you eat, the you know parents you have, all of that is going to affect your genetic profile as you go through life. And then you have a baby mm-hmm. and your baby's mm-hmm. DNA is affected by it, right? So, so if you're talking about epigenetic, you know, generations and generations of trauma that has affected the, the right. DNA of people, it's almost impossible for me to think that it doesn't affect that, is that a double negative? But anyway, it's I, 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 I think it's it has to be affecting physical health, and so absolutely. I thought it was interesting. Absolutely. Earlier, you mentioned about the why am I not absorbing iron? And yeah. you know, is there a yep. spiritual? I kind of inferred that maybe there absolutely. was more to it than just I was born this way. You know. That's right. That's right. And here's what I think is interesting, Jill, when you say, you know, when you think about your own medical history and you and you tie it back um, to those that, you know, have the same, you know, condition. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember my granny. She was one of the most silent, 
but strong women I've ever met. Like she had like a sawed off shotgun, like underneath her couch, you know, and she pull it out silently. If something, if you say something wrong to my girls, you're going to find this day. Right. But those stories weren't talked about or those reasons as to getting to that point weren't talked about. So you have a lot of stored energy, mm-hmm. you know, that starts to uh, manifest itself in your body. One of the things I enjoy talking about, Jill, is, yeah, we talk about physical health, but we don't talk about brain health. Yeah. You know, the, the three parts of your brain that's vastly impacted by trauma is your prefrontal cortex, your amygdala, and your hippocampus. Mm-hmm. That's what I have found in my research. And so when those three things are not working well, we're not making wise decisions. We're not eating well. Um, We're getting into poor relationships. We are causing our bodies just to to succumb to our environments because we're tired of fighting in our brains, the anxiety, the thoughts, the what ifs, you know, all of those things that swirl in our mind when we fear to use our voice because trauma has a way of stealing that from us. So if we have had repetitive stress levels or stress environments that have said to us, your voice doesn't matter, our brain turns on. And usually within our hippocampus, that is where cortisol, the stress hormone to keep us out of danger, it's being formed. And so if you always think you're under threat or stress, you're going to be forming cortisol all the time, which means it is just running rampant in your body, which is you are more prone to sugary items or more salty items because you have to restore your brain from, you know, glucose loss or, you know, those types of things. I can go into this very much so. But we have to be mindful that, yeah, when we talk about our physicality, we have to talk about our brains because that's where it all starts. Yeah. And it, it, it's in, it totally interconnected. We can't, like you said earlier, there is no yes. distinction between the mind and the body and the spirit. It's all one. And if that's we right. if we're ignoring one aspect of it, we're not really fully addressing all levels of our health. So, yeah, that's... Absolutely. Totally agree. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, it really is, it does come down to the brain at the end of the day, right? Because if if your hippocampus Mm -hmm. and your prefrontal cortex are compromised because of all that stress, you're not going to make the good decisions. Mm -hmm. So that that is such an important point, I think, to make. And again, I I always try to emphasize for women because I think we have so much shame and guilt and judgment and you know we, mm-hmm. we we cannot get it right no matter what we do right like if we we take the nails off yeah. or we leave them on we're in trouble right we <laughs> we gain weight we lose weight we, you know we're in trouble we can't do it right so you know let's let's try to take that blame off of ourselves for not making the best decisions yes. sometimes we make poor decisions but there's a reason for that we're not doing it because absolutely we hate i mean i think self hatred is a real thing but I, I don't think it's, it's, you know, nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to be miserable. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, mm-hmm. the brain can be compromised and then we make poor decisions. So that's everything right. you're talking about is so important because it all starts with awareness. And that's what happened to mm-hmm. you when you were 21. You, you found out this whole world of knowledge that you, you were not aware of, but finding that out, bringing that yeah. awareness opened up so much for you. And I'm so happy that you're here today to talk about this stuff for people who are listening, whether you're a black woman or a white woman, we all need to be aware of this and support each other, no matter what, lift each other up, no Mm -hmm. matter what, because I tell you, 
I mean, I have a husband. I don't, I'm not man bashing, but you know, men are just not going to do it for us. We, <laughs> yeah. well, and I think you, you, you brought it up an important point in jail. Like no one's going to do it for yeah. us, but us. And so, and I think that doesn't matter what our experience has been here on earth. We probably still, all of us can intersect on our negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. And so what I also like to do with clients or people that I serve is make sure that you can hear your own voice because sometimes you can hear other voices that have been along your journey. And you're like, I know I didn't put that there, but they've said it so often, it has to be true. And so a lot of times I'm rescripting and helping people identify that negativity, but also hear their own voice regarding their positive, you know, affirmation, their positive um, strength and attributes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear you there. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Because like you were saying earlier, you end up being, um, let's say more quiet or a people pleaser because of something in your environment, your parents. Mm-hmm. And then that's really not your voice. Right. I think that's what you that's mean. Right. That's that's your that's right. maybe your father's voice or your grandfather's voice or whatever it is. And I really, go. really appreciate that. Again, a really good tip <laughs> for people is distinguish. Is this my story or my voice that's telling me that I'm not good enough, that I have to look a certain mm-hmm. way? No, that's not my story. That's someone else's story that was imposed on me. So I right. love that. And I love mantras, too, because then you 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 have because those voices come you know, they come at you that I know that I've, I've been working on, you know, myself for years and I still have those, those things that come into my head. And I'm like, wait a minute, now I'm more of aware of it. So I say, wait, that's, that's actually not the story that I, I choose to tell about myself. So, um, I think mantras are very helpful because they're short and sweet little things that you can say to counter those, all those voices (laughs) coming at Mm -hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So that's great. So I think this has been wonderful. And I would love to just briefly talk a little bit more about, so let's say someone's listening and they're like, okay, wow, there's a lot here. Self-care, making sure mm-hmm. that I take care of myself, epigenetic, generational mm-hmm. trauma, race trauma, you know, the idea of all these different stories coming, you know, coming at us in our heads. You gave some great tips what would be one thing mm-hmm. if you could say to people would be a, a good place to start? Would it be getting professional help or journaling? Or is there something that you think is just really important that people do? Yeah, I, I think this is this is great because a lot of people say, I have so much, I don't know where to start, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think it's, uh, it's the idea of knowing what you want to start with. Mm-hmm. And so maybe journaling or just, you know, doodling, like any, any way that you can get your brain out in front of you, do it. If it is you listening to loud music and just like yelling it out, Mm. if it's you journaling, if it's you drawing, if it's you coloring, whatever it is that you can get your brain out so you can see it, that allows you to do like your own inventory of, huh, maybe it's not as bad as I was thinking or my, 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 there's a theme here. Mm -hmm. And once you figure that out, you have to understand your level of readiness. Because if people say, go to therapy and do all these things. Well, if you're the first one doing it, if you have a limited, you know, support system, it could be overwhelming thinking about, you know, having to change your lifestyle by the way you think. Mm -hmm. And so just try to start, you know, looking at things online. Go to YouTube. 
you know, get on uh, this beautiful platform that Jill has created with podcasts. Find something in that theme. Mm -hmm. And when you feel ready, find a clinician, find a doctor, find a friend Mm -hmm. and say, this is what I think I need help with. Can you hold me accountable? Mm. And once that starts, the journey will begin. And it is an ugly ride. But when you get (laughs) off, (laughs) you will be the best version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It, it is an ugly ride. That, that's the thing that I love to tell people mm-hmm. ahead of time. It's like, you know what? Let's just accept from the beginning that this is not easy, whether it's losing weight or yeah. exploring your past, you know, your emotional past. It's never pretty. And let's just stop pretending that it is, because yeah. I think that also puts that unrealistic um, expectation on ourselves of like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to go on a diet and I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose 50 pounds in, in six months and it's going to be easy. Or I'm going to explore, you know, this these concepts. No, it's a it's a bumpy Mm-mm. ride. I love that you said that. <laughs> it's a bumpy, messy ride. Yes. <laughs> It is. You should ask my therapist. I used to throw tissue boxes in her room and she was like, this was a great session, wasn't it? And I said, yep, I guess so. (laughs) I love it. It's okay to throw tissue boxes as long as you don't hurt anybody. Yes. As long as you don't harm anyone. Yes. (laughs) That's great. All right, Brianne, thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. And again, Jill, thank you so much for finding me and having me. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And I really want to uh, just express my appreciation for Brienne taking time out of her busy day to share with all of us her wisdom, really just a lot of wisdom. (laughs) And she was just a pleasure to, to co-create with in this conversation. So as mentioned earlier, Brienne is the founder of Forward Consulting, and they kind of have two arms. One is that they provide therapeutic services to individuals, to families, couples um, for mental health counseling, you know, for people who have dealt with uh, trauma, really just helping people live a healthier, better life. So that's one aspect. The other is that they provide consultation services to agencies, to companies, nonprofit organizations with dealing with staff divisiveness, dealing with cultural and societal norm clashes that manifest in the professional space and really how to help these organizations improve job satisfaction, work productivity, and overall the mental health of the people in the organization and the organization itself. And I think this is really, really important work. We talked a little bit afterwards about how important it is that mental health is really the foundation of so many of the problems that we have in our society, or mental illness, I should say, and the lack of it being addressed. So I think this is really important work. Brienne is in Iowa, but she the consultation side of her business works throughout the country. If you're in Iowa, then um, you can seek out uh, her business for uh, mental health counseling. Otherwise, uh, for the consultations, uh, anybody can reach out. So check out Brienne. We're going to put her the link to her website in the show notes. It is Move Forward today and that's move forward and then the number two and then day.com move forward today.com and uh, you can also find her on LinkedIn and we'll put both of those links in the show notes 
Thank you for listening. And uh, as always, I do recommend that you check out our website, which is winweightloss.com. Win stands for with your nature. So pursuing uh, a healthy, sustainable, joyous journey toward weight loss that is permanent because you're doing it because you're working with your nature and you're doing it because you want to feel good not for some outside person telling you what to do or some outside force criticizing or judging you. It's all about you and feeling good and taking care of your body because you deserve it. So check out wynweightloss.com. Mm-hmm.